Today, Jonathan talks with New York Times bestselling author Joel Richardson about prophecy that may point to who the Antichrist could be, what you need to do to prepare, and why it's critical in these last days to not only support Israel, but to live wholeheartedly for the Lord. The identity of the Antichrist, today on Jewish Voice. Shalom and welcome to Jewish Voice, a program to help you understand the Jewish roots of your Christian faith, Bible prophecy, and world events surrounding Israel. My guest today says the spirit of the Antichrist is already at work around us and that he will be a Muslim whose empire will rise out of the Middle East. Here to explain all this is New York Times bestselling author, Joel Richardson. Joel, welcome. Great to have you, brother. Thanks for having me on. Hey, thanks for writing a great book. Very, very compelling. I want to start off before we get into the Antichrist. I want to talk about Jerusalem, and I want to talk about Israel, because one of the purposes for this program is to stand in support of Israel and the Jewish people. And I see this slipping. Uh, I see it slipping in our nation. I see replacement theology growing again. Talk about the centrality of Israel, Jerusalem, in the Middle East, and why you feel this is a key to Bible prophecy. Sure. Well, first of all, when we simply look at the redemptive, the long redemptive program of God to redeem humanity, we, much of the Christian church fails to recognize the fact that even it is very Israel-centric. It's all ultimately about Israel. It's about bringing Israel to that place where he promised that they would be righteous. He would make them righteous. And even bringing in the Gentiles is all about provoking Israel to jealousy. So even the, the program of redemption is very Israel-centric, yet much of the church misses that. How much more so biblical prophecy, the story of which completely revolves, this is very simple, around Jerusalem, Israel, and the Middle East. And as I always uh, tell my audiences, biblical prophecy does not revolve around the United States. Do you think that without thinking about it, we spiritualize away the role of Israel, we immediately apply it to us? And so we take things literally except when it comes to the context, which is Israel. Exactly. And that's the whole basis of my eschatology, is simply coming to understand the context of the Bible, which is thoroughly, it's a Jewish book, it's a, it's a Jerusalem-centric book, it's an Israel-centric, Middle Eastern, Eastern book. And so, you know, again, everywhere I go, people always ask me the question, Joel, where is the United States in biblical prophecy? And I was recently in Australia. They didn't ask me, where is Australian biblical prophecy? It betrays this very American-centric, sort of egocentric perspective that we have. We think the whole world revolves around us. From a biblical perspective, it revolves around Jerusalem. I think that's true, and that's such an important point. Let me talk a little bit about the picture of Israel today that many Christians have bought into. Israel's the oppressor, oppressing the poor Palestinians and justice needs to be done, but you see a different view of justice. You talk about the day of the Lord a lot, and, and I want you to p talk about that in context, justice, and Israel's the oppressor. Yeah, and this is essential because I think Jesus sees it differently. The spirit of the age, if your kids go to university and popular discourse, Israel is presented as the oppressor. The culmination 
of all of redemptive history, every prophet, Jesus himself, the apostles, they're all pointing to the day of the Lord, the day when he returns, and the, the essence of that day is the day of justice, when the poor, the oppressed, the marginalized, the needy, the forgotten, the prophets are always speaking about the time when they will be healed and lifted up and beautified, and the arrogant, proud, and lofty will be cast down. And most Christians go along with that. But in context, when it talks about the poor, the needy, the afflicted, the marginalized throughout the prophets, it is Israel, the poor, the needy, the afflicted, the, ha the hated. And so it culminates with all the nations of the earth coming against Jerusalem, literally to destroy the Jewish people. The essence of the day of the Lord is when Jesus comes back, takes a very specific political position, and he vindicates and delivers his people from the violence of the surrounding nations. Beautifully put. We have got to take a stand for what the Bible teaches. Point and simple. We have to take a break. When we come back, Joel and I are going to talk about the identity of the Antichrist. And I'm going to ask the question, is he on the earth today? We'll be right back. Jewish Voice is dedicated to proclaiming the gospel, the good news that Yeshua, Jesus, is the Messiah. To the Jew first, and also to the nations. One way we do this is by helping some of the most impoverished and needy Jewish people in the world. People who often die from medical conditions that here in the West could be easily treated. Even more important than the physical relief our medical help provides is the fact that our practical demonstration of His love opens the door for us to share the good news. Today, we are just weeks away from our next medical clinic in Ethiopia to help the impoverished Jewish community there. Our volunteer medical professionals will provide medical care, dental care, and eye care, all free of charge to thousands of men, women, and children many of whom have never even seen a doctor or dentist. Will you help these precious people? Every gift, large or small, will make a difference in someone's life. As you respond with a gift of $40 or more, we will send you the New York Times best-selling author, Joel Richardson's book, Mideast Beast, The Scriptural Case for a Mideast Antichrist. With this book, you'll discover how current events in the Middle East may be fulfilling last day's prophecy, which nations are singled out for judgment after Jesus' return? Will the Antichrist come out of a revived Roman Empire or an emerging Islamic Empire? And what events are yet to occur before Jesus can return? In addition, we'll also send you a book by Rabbi Jonathan Burnus called Is Peace Possible? Understanding the Current Middle East Crisis. This insightful commentary is a simple guide that will help you understand what is happening in Israel and the Middle East and how this ties into the Bible. Jonathan addresses rapidly unfolding political, economic, and military events and how you, as a believer, should respond to these events. Please call, click, or write now. And please be as generous as possible. When you respond, you will be providing life-saving medical help to very needy Jewish people, and most importantly, bring them the gospel. Mideast Beast, along with Is Peace Possible, will not only bless you, they'll be a constant reminder of your partnership with us to demonstrate His love. Thank you. I'm back with New York Times bestselling author Joel Richardson, and we've been discussing the centrality of Israel, why it's so important to stand with Israel, and what the Bible says about the nation of Israel. I want you to talk about what you see ahead for Israel, because it does talk about all the nations turning against Israel. 
throughout the prophets, in the context of the return of Jesus, the day of the Lord, when Jesus returns, it speaks of the Jewish people from throughout the nations returning to Israel, the captives, the survivors, the remnant. Uh, if that's the case, then that means there's going to be another significant exile. Uh, the Bible repeatedly, this theme is consistent. The nations gather against Israel, and there is a significant uh, captivity yet again. This is not a subject that most people like to talk about. There is the time of Jacob's trouble that is yet to come for the Jewish people. Jonathan, during the Holocaust, replacement theology failed. The church failed. If we don't get this right, if we don't get Jacob's trouble right, we're going to fail again. And it's, if we are to be shepherds and pastors, we need to prepare the people for what's ahead. We need to raise up an army of Cory Ten Booms that are going to stand with the Jewish people in the days ahead. I need to have you define something for those that don't understand it. You said replacement theology failed. I'm not sure everybody watching understands what replacement theology is, so I, I want you just to elaborate on it. Replacement theology is when people look at the mention of Israel throughout the Old Testament they say, that's us. We are the new Israel, the new people of God, the spiritual Israel. And we have usurped the promises that God gave to that people, the ongoing, irrevocable calling and election. And we're trying to apply it to ourselves. Now, ironically, what replacement theologians do is when they see the negative passages of judgment, they say, well, that still belongs to Israel. But all of the promises of blessing, they apply to themselves just this random spiritualization. Thank you for explaining that. Let's go back to Israel, time of Jacob's trouble, and I want to talk about the Arab Spring. How do you see all this fitting into Bible prophecy? Uh, Daniel chapter 11, which is the culmination of this incredibly prophetic book, speaks of the time when there would be a, uh, a revived kingdom of the north and a revived kingdom of the south. And this is based on the historical pattern of the kingdoms that uh, came about after Alexander the Great's death. So you have this character called the King of the North and the King of the South. And it says in Daniel 11 verse 40 that in the last days these two power bases would clash militarily and after the King of the North conquers the King of the South, which is Egypt, the Antichrist has consolidated his grip on the entire Middle East. Right now with the Arab Spring we are seeing the region move in the direction of the emergence of this northern power base and the southern power base. The northern power base essentially being Turkey, Lebanon, Syria, Iraq, Iran, and then the southern power base essentially being Egypt, Libya, and Sudan. This is exactly what we saw in history. The Bible says it will be repeated in the last days. It, let's move into specifically the Antichrist because you've written a wonderful book, Mideast Beast. I've been a believer 33 years. It's always been a, re, a revived Roman Empire Daniel 9, 24 through 27. I've heard it over and over and over again. You're suggesting something different. Yeah, one of the things that we always need to be careful of is building our theology around one verse. And so on this one verse that says, the people of the prince to come will destroy the city and the sanctuary, many have concluded that the Antichrist's empire and his religion would come out of Europe. And so today, many people are looking to the next pope. Is he the Antichrist? But even that betrays a very Western-centric perspective. Again, the Bible is an Eastern book. When we look at the actual verse, the people of the prince to come, uh, many interpret that to understand that when Titus and the Romans destroyed Jerusalem in 70 AD, they say the Romans did it, therefore the Romans are the people of the Antichrist. History tells us that by 70 AD, 
the recruiting patterns of the Roman army were such that they recruited from the provincial peoples. In other words, those that were not Italians, but those that lived on the outskirts of this vast empire that was comprised of many, many peoples. The word there is Am, and I know you speak some Hebrew, it is an ethnic denotation. So it's speaking of the ethnicities of the peoples. History tells us that the peoples that destroyed Jerusalem in 70 AD were overwhelmingly the Syrians, the Arabs, and the Egyptians that lived in that region that the Rome recruited for their armies. Uh, Josephus, Tacitus, modern Roman uh, scholars are consistent that it was the Eastern peoples that destroyed Jerusalem, not Europeans. So what you're telling us is that you believe that the Antichrist, the identity of the Antichrist, is connected to the Islamic Empire and not a revived Roman Empire. Talk about that. Exactly. Well, again, we begin with the idea that the Bible is Jerusalem, Israel, and Middle Eastern-centric. That's, that's the geography that the whole story revolves around. And then, you know, you have throughout in uh, Zechariah 12 and 14 and Joel, we have references to the Am Kabib or the Goyim Kabib. It means the peoples round about, the surrounding nations. Some translations say the neighbors. Well, when we say who are the neighbors in a thousand miles in every direction, it's the Muslims. Now, could some new age religion in the years to come overwhelm the Middle East? It's possible, but I don't expect it. Uh, when I look at the primary womb of anti-Semitism throughout the earth today, it's Islam. Israel is surrounded by that same anti-Zionism, the same anti-Semitism that was uh, apparent in all of the previous empires throughout biblical history that Satan used to try to destroy the Jewish people. I couldn't agree more. This is the new carrier of anti-Zionism equates to anti-Semitism. You make a statement here, I want to read it. I'm firmly convinced that Islam is the single greatest challenge that the church will face before the return of Jesus, yet most are either asleep or in denial. Christians in trying to understand biblical prophecy, they don't know what to do with Islam. You have people that are openly teaching that Islam is literally about to be wiped out, that the Middle East is about to be reduced to ashes. I'm convinced that when we look at so many passages that speak of the return of Yeshua, the return of Jesus, he is judging Middle Eastern nations. And so if Islam is around to the very end, then it also stands to reason that Islam is the final and greatest challenge that, we're, that we will ever face. Uh, and I think we see that. It's, and if that's already... the case, we need to get off our duffs and decide, are we going to take a stand? Focusing in on, on the identity of the Antichrist, G give us more. You're not going to tell us who you believe the Antichrist is. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> but a little more information. It, Islamic Empire. Yep. Yeah. Um, the, the greatest, most significant historical type of the Antichrist in the Bible is a man named Antiochus Epiphanes. He was a ruler of, again, the, the uh, Seleucid dynasty, or the Seleucid dynasty, which essentially, in modern terms, is Turkey, Lebanon, Syria, Iraq, Iran. Uh, he ruled over that whole region. His base was up there in what I jokingly refer to as the tri-state area, Turkey, Syria, northern Iraq, and it's from that general region that the prophets are repeating, repeatedly pointing to. And Joel, it makes sense because he was an antichrist. He desolated the holy place, the most holy place. So I see how history repeats itself. This ties into Gog and Magog, which I think is a fascinating topic. Also, it, talk about that in the Jewish understanding of Gog and Magog. 
Yeah, the Jewish understanding has always been that Gog Magog is the final enemy of the people of Israel that the Messiah returns to destroy. Now, because when you look at the nations listed in Ezekiel 38-39, this is the battle of Gog of Magog, they're primarily Middle Eastern nations. And because everyone's convinced that Islam is going to be destroyed, they go, this must be a different evil end time bad guy, a different invasion other than the Antichrist. Ezekiel is simply telling the same story that all of the prophets are telling. And in fact, God in the, the passage says to Gog, he says, listen, you're the same guy. Are you not the one that all of the prophets have been speaking about for many years? They said that I would bring you against my people Israel in the last days. Gog Magog is simply another passage describing the Antichrist and his armies. One last thought. We just have a minute left. Our duty towards Muslims and just a final thought on how we should respond to all this as believers. I was recently uh, chatting with a leader of the underground church in Iran. And I asked him, among these underground churches, are there any that are praying for Israel? Former Muslims, now believers, are they praying for Israel? And he lit up. He said, I was just talking to a church leader, and that they're giving themselves to praying for Israel. And they asked me, how can we send missionaries to Israel? The greatest revival in the world right now is taking place in Iran. If you want to bless the nation of Israel, then lead some Muslims to faith. Yes. And they are some of the most hungry, God-seeking people in the earth. And we are the ones, we are the stewards of the only message that can give them life. It's the only answer. Joel, thanks for being with us today. Joel Richardson. Joel has written a really interesting book, Mideast Beast. The Scriptural Case for an Islamic Antichrist. It's a very compelling book, and it's an important book for those who want to understand what's ahead before Jesus returns. There's a lot more show ahead. Don't go away. Jewish Voice is dedicated to proclaiming the gospel, the good news that Yeshua, Jesus, is the Messiah. To the Jew first, and also to the nations, one way we do this is by helping some of the most impoverished and needy Jewish people in the world. People who often die from medical conditions that here in the West could be easily treated. Even more important than the physical relief our medical help provides is the fact that our practical demonstration of His love opens the door for us to share the good news. Today, we are just weeks away from our next medical clinic in Ethiopia to help the impoverished Jewish community there. Our volunteer medical professionals will provide medical care, dental care, and eye care, all free of charge to thousands of men, women, and children, many of whom have never even seen a doctor or dentist. Will you help these precious people? Every gift, large or small, will make a difference in someone's life. As you respond with a gift of $40 or more, we will send you the New York Times best-selling author, Joel Richardson's book, Mideast Beast, The Scriptural Case for a Mideast Antichrist. With this book, you'll discover how current events in the Middle East may be fulfilling last day's prophecy, which nations are singled out for judgment after Jesus' return, will the Antichrist come out of a revived Roman Empire or an emerging Islamic Empire, and what events are yet to occur before Jesus can return. In addition, we'll also send you a book by Rabbi Jonathan Burness called Is Peace Possible? Understanding the Current Middle East Crisis. This insightful commentary is a simple guide that will help you understand what is happening in Israel and the Middle East and how this ties into the Bible. 
Jonathan addresses rapidly unfolding political, economic, and military events and how you, as a believer, should respond to these events. Please call, click, or write now. And please be as generous as possible. When you respond, you will be providing life-saving medical help to very needy Jewish people. And most importantly, bring them the gospel. Mideast Beast, along with Is Peace Possible, will not only bless you, they'll be a constant reminder of your partnership with us to demonstrate His love. Thank you. He is coming soon, and that's why we exist as a ministry, to tell Jewish people and all people that Jesus is the Messiah. One Jewish community that we're proclaiming the message to are the Beta Israel, the House of Israel in Ethiopia. Jewish Voice now holds three outreaches there every year to provide medical care, dental care, and eye care, all completely free of charge. But most importantly, we tell them about Yeshua. Here's a closer look at the Beta Israel in Gondar, Ethiopia. Dr. Eugene, this is your first clinic. What's your impression so far? Oh, I love it. Uh, it's been a, a remarkable experience for us. Uh, it's my first, actually my second mission trip to do. And uh, when we came down to Ethiopia, we've had a really remarkable time. It's been very, very fulfilling. Um, I'm pretty settled in my career, but I always felt that there was still something missing. And um, I, I am a big giver. And so I felt that this was the next step to use the, the skill that God has given me to, to help mankind. I am so happy to be here. Um, I was here three years ago, and I've been dying to come back ever since. There's, there's, it's hard to find words to describe how, what it's like to actually be here. You know, you see things on TV, you hear about it from your friends, but when you're actually here, it's a whole nother, it's a whole nother ball field. When you look outside of the clinic at the masses of humanity, thousands of people waiting to get in, it truly is about helping a multitude. But for our volunteers, it's that one life that uh, was transformed that touched their heart. Imagine a life of hardship, hunger, and despair, teetering on a knife-edge existence with no promise of tomorrow. Your health has been on the decline for years, and there exists no state or county clinic to help you. You're on your own. As an Ethiopian Jew, part of the Beta Israel community, you are an outcast, marginalized by society, and despised by neighbors. This is the harsh reality for so many here. This is the life of Wagaya Gedi. Today, she's making the difficult journey over the hilly and dusty roads of Gondar, dodging cars, goat herds, and crowds of people. A hike that will take her an hour and a half on blistered feet. But she's heard about the clinic, and it's a once-in-a-lifetime chance to get the medical attention she desperately needs, having endured abdominal pain brought on by complications during pregnancy. This will be the very first time she sees a physician. Dr. Lawrence is an emergency room doctor from Dallas. He wants to check her heart and lung functions to assess her overall health. Now treating her for her pain, but uh, she's gonna need to go to the GYN for a continued workup. Dr. Fajardo from Columbia is a specialist at the clinic and was able to give her an ultrasound on site to aid in her diagnosis. It's the very first medical treatment of such she has ever received, and she is most likely unaware of the important role it plays in her health care. I just found out that this was the first time that she had seen a doctor, and um, if that problem keeps going, we will need to be repaired surgically. If you do all the prevention before, she will prevent surgery, she will prevent a lot of problems in the long run. 
Here in the prayer tent, she meets with volunteers who administer much-needed prayer for her health and family, as well as encouragement in hopes of lifting her spirit that is understandably downtrodden, offering a chance to unload the tremendous burden she shoulders each day. Hearing the good news of Yeshua, the spiritual counseling she receives is perhaps the first time she is told that while she has been abandoned, she is not forgotten or alone, that God sees her plight and is reaching out to her even this very day through these volunteers acting as the hands and his feet of Yeshua. We need you to come with us. God has a place for you. To find out how you can volunteer for an outreach, send an email to us at outreach at jvmi.org. Again, that's outreach at jvmi.org. We'll be right back. Jewish Voice is going twice this year to Zimbabwe to bring life-saving medical care and the good news of Yeshua to the impoverished Lemba tribe, descendants of one of the ancient lost tribes of Israel. This summer and fall, we are bringing partners like you to Maposi, Zimbabwe from August 22nd to September 2nd, and then to Buhara, Zimbabwe from October 24th to November 4th. Be a part of and witness God moving among these people. Please come with us. We need medical, dental, and eye care professionals, and we also need prayer room partners. Wherever there is a need, you can help. There are so many who are hurting and need the message and care that we have, that you have, that you can bring. I can't tell you enough, we need people like you to come with us to be His hands and His feet to be the letter of God's love to the world. So please join us in Maposi and Bahara, Zimbabwe. Since 1967, Jewish Voice has been dedicated to proclaiming the good news that Yeshua, Jesus is Messiah and Savior to the Jew first and also to the nations. Now, one way that we do this is by helping some of the most impoverished and needy Jewish people in the world. We've been able to demonstrate God's love by providing these people with medical care, dental care, eye care, even eye surgery, all completely free of charge. But most importantly, the gospel. And it's through your faithful support that we're able to make a difference in their lives. As our way of saying thank you today, I'd like to send you Joel Richardson's book called Mid-East Beast, The Scriptural Case for an Islamic Antichrist. This book delves into the scripture that, according to Joel, presents a biblical case for an Islamic Antichrist whose empire will rise out of the Middle East. Now, in addition, I also want to send you a short book I wrote uh, on Israel and the Middle East crisis called Is Peace Possible? understanding the Middle East conflict. I, I wanted to make it a very simple, uh, easy to understand presentation because you hear so much about Israel, the Palestinians, Hamas, Hezbollah on the news, and this is really just a down-to-earth explanation of the Middle East crisis. And it's important that you know this because this will shape the future and it can change your life. It really can. What's going on in the Middle East affects us all. So I discuss how we sh as believers should respond to what's happening in Israel. Hey, by the way, we're on Facebook. You can check us out by going to facebook.com slash Jewish Voice. That's facebook.com 
slash Jewish voice. Well, we're out of time again. As I leave you today, I want to remind you, as I always do in every program, to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. The Bible says, they shall prosper that love thee. This is Jonathan Bernas saying shalom and God bless you. Jewish Voice is made possible by the support of friends and partners like you.